You have been my pastor for years. I just really appreciate like the slow and steady work of God. It's going to be harder than you thought. But as you go through different stages, mm. you're going to look back and you're going to say, he was more faithful than I ever could have imagined. And even those times when I felt like, God, where are you? God, do you even see me? God, are you aware? Those were the times he was working the most. You are about to watch one of the most incredible episodes that we've ever recorded. Yup. We just talked to our pastor that has been pastoring for more than 25 years, a huge church, an amazing man of God. And we were just able to sit down with him and ask him questions about his life, ask him questions about purpose, career, relationships. You wanna stick around to the end. He does not stop spitting wisdom nope. until the last second <laughs> of the episode. Anyways, enough yapping. Enjoy, Enjoy the episode. They need to come back to Jesus because Jesus makes life better and makes you better at life. Yeah. And you're not gonna find what you're looking for down those yeah. roads. What's funny is, What's funny is we've quoted you many times on this podcast. Okay. And we've even said like, all right, like our pastor says this, our yeah, pastor says yeah. this. So to have you on this time is 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 super exciting. I'm glad to be here. This is this is the man that we've talked I'm, about. I'm yeah. glad to be here. I've my schedule is crazy and I've been I, I yeah. was afraid I was you felt like I was giving you the runaround. I really <laughs> no, was no, looking no. forward to doing this. This man is I'm hard to reach. This man is hard to reach. I have too many jobs. <laughs> yeah. My life is out of control. <laughs> but it it is super exciting to have you here. You have been my pastor for years. I, years. Yeah, I, years. Yeah. I've I seen, remember little Danny. Uh-huh. I've seen the church grow. I mean, I haven't been involved in your personal life, but as a pastor, I've seen you grow, the team grow, like yeah, us grow. Yeah, so yeah. seeing the church and being involved yeah. in it since little is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. exciting. Like I was doing the little dances in the kids church with right, Marianne and everything. Right. So this is to have That's you funny. on my platform now. I'm our platform is, is, is kind of very it's cool. cool. It's cool. Yeah. But um, no, so we, we kind of want to just sit down with you okay. and ask you questions about you, kind of sure. like dissect who you are, how you got to this position, how yeah. you got to this relationship with God, mm. kind of the ups and downs of it to kind of shine a light on, on you know, Jesus and what he's done for you so yeah. that, because we're 20, we're 20, we're in our 20s, our majority of our audience is in our 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is the age where it's like, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know yeah. what I want to do. And yeah. maybe you do know what you want to do, but you don't know how to do it. And then, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on, on yourself yeah. with your relationship with God. Like, am I doing enough? If mm. I, am I not, am I doing too much? Right, don't there's, do that. Exactly. Okay. There, there's always, there's so <laughs> much. It, we're done. Do <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always so much. And so we kind of just want to break it down. So let's do it. That's great. Tell us, you know, a bit of your, your upbringing. Like, what was that like? Did All you right. grow up Christian or? Yeah, well, let's see. I, you know, without getting too far down a rabbit hole. Um, I think some of the, you know, some of the big things in what I think about my my life is like as a kid and going into high school. Um, I think I think one thing that was like a, a you know, it's a, just a thing was that I'm adopted. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I met my birth mother when I was like 27 years old. Never met my birth father, but growing up, you know, just kind of like I'd never I'd never seen another human being related to me by, by blood. You know, and it wasn't a big deal to me. Like sometimes I tell my friends, they'd be like, that's so weird. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, it is. Oh, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think, I think, I think that was, that was, you know, something that was kind of like part of just a part of life and, and created some unique challenges and whatnot. When, when did you find out you were adopted? You know, it's when my, my, when I was adopted, my, my mother was told by like the social worker 
that even like when I was a baby to say, you know, my little adopted baby boy. So it was never like I was sat down and told. Okay. It's just something uh, that I always, always knew. knew. Gotcha. Yeah, it's something I always knew. Um, I grew up in a I grew up in a Christian home. Uh kind of a very conservative evangelical. It was an evangelical free church. Mm. Um, but as a kid, I was I was a rebellious kid. And I think mm. that, you know, I think part of being adopted, I was I was always the one who like pushed, I was in trouble. You know, just didn't care about school. I cared about yeah. like, like as I was a kid, especially like in high school, I cared about wrestling and I cared about who I was going to date. Like that's it. <laughs> like homework. <laughs> okay. No, I don't want to do that. That's, yeah, that's boring. Okay. Um, but uh, and that's kind of how it was about church. I was like, I do VBS, hmm. you know. And, but I get in these fights with my mother. I was like, I don't, I don't want to. I want to go play with my friends. Like right. this is this is not what I want to do. I would. We would the church. I'm gonna tell the, the, the stories. <laughs> so so in in um in the church we would have like Sunday school hour, you okay. know. And then as a kid, you know, so you go to Sunday school like nine thirty, huh. and then you'd have to sit in the service, you know. And and uh, and so she, my mother would drop me off, and I remember I was I was in junior high school. Okay. And there was a time where like I was supposed to be going to the junior high class, so she dropped me off at one door, and I'd go in, and I'd walk out the other door, and there was a park on the other side of the street, and I would like go into the dugout in the baseball field, smoke cigarettes and stuff, and then what? use some, you know, mouthwash or whatever. <laughs> and they come back in. So I was getting away with it for a little bit okay. until finally the 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 junior high teacher was like, you know, said to my mother, oh, Thelma, I, I thought Phil was going to come. He doesn't come. And I was like, what? I drop him off oh, every, no. every, oh, every no. Sunday. So I got busted. Okay. So that was, you know, so that was, I didn't, you know, my mother would be like, you need to go to youth group. I was like, I don't want to hang out with these kids. I want to go there. I got yeah. my friends. I don't want to do that. So yeah, so that's that's kind of how I was growing. So mm -hmm. I was I was I was a Christian. Now I do remember there was this one time, the it was a you know it was a it was about a church of about maybe three hundred people, and so so in eighth when I was in eighth grade they had something called the pastor confirmation class right where okay. you would were me and there were like maybe five other six other eighth graders, so we would meet for like a month uh, once a week in the pastor's study. And, you know, to be confirmed, you know, like where, you know, this kind of kind of like wasn't super formal, but somewhat formal, like okay. a confirmation process. And so I remember, though, I remember sitting down and church was like a mile from my house. I think I walked there. I was walking home that day or something. And my pastor had really explained salvation, hmm. you know, like what it was in a way that like I was like, oh, oh, OK, I get it. Hmm. I don't want to do that. Not now. But maybe someday. But I, you know, I really, I really think that my view at that point, like I understood, like I believed in, I believed mm. this stuff. I wasn't like I was like not believing in it. Mm. But um, but I just remember thinking, like, I'm gonna have some fun first, mm. you know, and just kind of like maybe when I'm old, I'll do it. And I remember, I remember there was this one I was we were hanging out with my friends, and I don't know, we might have been high or something. And uh <laughs> and and we were just having some like deep conversations. Like if you found out you're going to die, uh, what would you the do? The high conversations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the high one conversations. Okay. You don't know. You've never. No, no, no. Me, no. you've no. been in my church since you were five. No, no, no. Exactly. So ever. I, I've He's heard about this type of thing. Lewis has told you about it. Lewis. Lewis has told me about it. Yes, yes. Not me. Not me. Yeah. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. No. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, having this thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'd want to do this. or I'd want to do that. And I and I said, and I said. I'd want to know the moment before I died so I could get right with Jesus. And my friends were like, 
trolling. What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> like, what you it made like, fun of for the next like, six months. You go to yeah. church. Like, what do you mean? What are you yeah. talking about? Like, I'm just like, no, you know. So, but okay. so, so there was that was there, you huh. know. So that was I would say, all throughout, like that was there. Mm. And so maybe that you know I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a sermon. So feel free to jump in with mm. questions. Oh, no, okay, <laughs> but, no, go ahead. But um, it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> Once I start talking, I don't stop. Okay. But here's here's what happened. Here's how Jesus became real to me, right? So, so I would I would at times like when I was like maybe a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school. I would have these, like what I call these weekend conversions. Like my mother would make uh, me go to something. Okay. You know, make me go. I remember one time they sent me to this Christian camp and it was like boot camp. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I, you know, I was just so, I was like rebellious. I was getting in trouble. I remember one time the the counselor, I did something wrong and the counselor was like making me do push-ups in the rain. No way. I kind of felt like <laughs> no, I was in some like full metal jacket movie or something like that. It was yeah. like you're a reading, you're reading Bible verses while like it was a hardcore doing push-ups. And, and I was just, but I would I would from time to time have these like weekend conversions that mm. I call them, you know? Okay. And but then I'd like and then I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And then I get to school on Monday and I'd be like, uh, nah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. But where it where it where it clicked is I would say that I had. I, God was coming for me, mm. right? And so I had, and I can't say exactly where, when, how, but I know like this time in my life and where the second of all came together. One one thing that I remember is that I was, um, I had woods near my, I grew up in Dumont. Okay. And so like right on the border, if you, you know, Dumont, where Dumont and Haworth, more okay, yeah. woods that are there. And those woods were a lot of fun when I was a kid. We'd do, you know, just do stuff in the woods. But when I got older, it's like where we drank, where we got high. Mm. And, uh, and so I was there, I was by myself. It was like an afternoon. And I was just in a place like smoking cigarettes because mm. you know I couldn't make, have my neighbor see or whatever. So right. And then this like hippie kid came up to me, like out of the blue, you know, just came out of the blue. And it's like wearing like a, you know, one of those green army jacks, like total like okay. central cast hippie <laughs> guy, right? Okay. And he's like, what's up, man? What you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm just hanging out. And he's like, starts witnessing to me. No like, way. Jesus like, revolution in real life. It, it, was a, it was a total yeah. like Jesus revolution. Guy. Okay. So this was probably like 78. Okay. And actually, I, I do know the church. It was it was um, Maranatha Church of the Nazarene that experienced in our area, like the Jesus revolution stuff. And this oh, kid wow. went to that church. So he straight up was a Jesus revolution. Okay. And I talked oh, wow. with them and, and I think I even prayed with them because I was just like, yeah. and I came, I remember I came home and I'm sitting at dinner. And so, you know, but with my parents on my day and I was like, How'd you get the cigarette smell off of you? I probably thought I was fooling people when I wasn't. So your mom, you probably, your mom I don't know. knew? Oh. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. That's a good question. But I, you know, I, I, I would have my ways, but I don't know. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, I was just like, yeah, I met somebody and I prayed to accept Jesus. And I was like, what? <laughs> you so know? Like mid food. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just, but it wasn't, it was kind of what, it, you know, I wouldn't say that then it was like I totally turned around. It was maybe more like one of those weekend okay. conversions. But then there was also, I would go to this gym. I, I wrestled in high school. And uh, and so I was working out at this gym and there was this guy in the gym, this guy named Danny Noah. And he mm. was, he was jacked. This guy was, you know, he was like in his mid twenties. And he would, uh, I think he was on like the Giants practice squad or he like, you know, he was a football player and mm. was kind of involved somewhat. And he'd always, he was like one of the, he worked at the gym and he was always training like the high school kids and stuff. And Danny was cool. And so Danny was like, oh, I want, I want, Danny's going to show me how to like proper form for bench press. Right. I, I want to do that. 
And Danny was like an like a totally out there Christian, like in a good way. And I think he went to the same Jesus Revolution Church. I think he was from that same <laughs> Interesting. church. Interesting. Wow. And uh, and so and so Danny would like go into the office and put Christian music on, and people would like. Danny, turn this blanket and blanket yeah, off, yeah, yeah. you know, put Van Halen on or whatever, <laughs> you know. And uh, and so he was just witnessing to people all the time. Wow. So I remember one time in the, I'm in the gym and he's just like, you know, and and he starts he starts witnessing to me, you know, and I know where he's going with it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, Dan, I I, I know I'm 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 a Christian too. Mm -hmm. I, sort of, you know, <laughs> uh -huh, he's all right, cool, oh, cool, trolling, you're gonna help me. And I'm just like, sure. Um but I, but I, but I think that what was happening in that period is I started to see like that, honestly, that like Jesus Revolution Christianity, uh -huh. which is because because what I thought was like if I became a Christian, I'm going to sit in the corner mm. and I'm going to be bored for the rest of my life, but mm -hmm. then at least I won't go to hell. Mm. And I was like, that's I, I didn't see a model, but whatever. When I mm. saw Danny, when I saw this kid in the woods and some other things, I was like, I could do that, like mm. that I could do, yeah, that kind of like. Like these guys are like, like this is real. Like right. these guys are brave. This is cool. Mm -hmm. Like not cool in like a trendy way. But right, like, right, right. I, you know, and so, um, so it was around that time because again, I didn't, I knew mm -hmm. it was just when was I ready to kind of go all in. Mm. And so it was, it was towards the, it was the spring of my junior year of high school, and I'm just like, I'm in, you know. And I can't remember exactly when, what, whatever, okay. but it was like. I'm in. And I had, you know, there was like, you know, like Christian music, you know, time, like there was bands like Petra and okay. Keith Green and stuff like that. And I, 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 during that time, I worked at a Friendly's restaurant and I would, you know, I, I would, I would do like the counter and scoop all the ice cream for people and stuff. And I had a moped and I would ride my moped <laughs> home. And, uh, and I always had this, you know, I had this thing where like my arms would be coated with ice cream. So my dog would like lick my forearms okay. to get the ice cream off. And then, and I would go and I would put on like Christian music and I had encounters with God. Like okay, had, okay, hold on, hold I, had, on, hold on. I would have these straight up encounters with like God was meeting me. Like this was this is when I gave my, you know, like like yeah. my junior year of high school, sometime in the spring. I know it was after wrestling season. Okay. Um, because like when wrestling, I don't know how much I should tell, but like what yeah, it was around that time. And uh and because I it was <laughs> I'll tell you guys like, what the heck, <laughs> keep it real. So I would always have this thing because wrestling season, you wrestle Lewis, right? Yeah. So you know yeah. it's like intense. Yeah. So I'd always celebrate the end of wrestling season by buying a lot of weed and being stoned for like a week. Okay. And so well, it was like okay. shortly after that. You know what I mean? It was yeah. around that time after my like, okay, I'm done with wrestling. And it was around that time. So it was probably like around my, you know, March, something, April, that that I really just I that I just got to the point where it was like, this isn't this isn't working. Yeah. And this isn't, and I need Jesus. And I had these models that huh. I could look at and say, like, man, they're they're different. There were some other people in some other circumstances. Right. And but at that time, so I'd come home from like friendlies, you know, late on a Friday night and just go put put Christian music with, you know, headphones on and just kind of, you know, didn't really know about like the church I grew up in, what I was exposed to wasn't the kind of like worship we do. It was like you sing a hymn, yeah, kind yeah. of a thing. And, so uh, and, how, yeah, and it was just like God was meeting me. God was huh. God was meeting me. Yeah, that's that's a crazy. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. I, I'm kind of just mind blown by this, like you know, the transformation that yeah, happened there. It was like, quick. I'm it was putting quick. myself in the position of of you know your parents at the time. Yeah, they yeah. you know their their child is incredibly rebellious, yeah. doing all these crazy things. Yeah, and a lot of times we think you know our parents don't know what's going on, but they they know. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I imagine they, 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 they <laughs> maybe <laughs> lots of it at least, but, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they're seeing this change. Yeah. Something I've seen in, you know, growing up with different type of parents and friends, not my parents, but friends' parents, I've seen, you know, this kind of, when you force your child into, you know, the boot camp and, yeah. and you go attending like right. forcefully, yeah. they end up totally going, no, this is, I don't want to be yeah. here. Do you think that's what happened no, with you? No, like, they weren't, I wouldn't say they weren't in, you know, they weren't necessarily they were doing that. They were, I mean, it was like, we're a Christian family. We go to church. My mother was the organist and the choir director okay. for the church. My father was a deacon, you know? So it's like, we go to church right. and you go to youth group and you go to VBS and okay. you, you know what I mean? So it, so it was like that. Mm. But I, you know, that, that, that camp was, you know, they, they didn't, you know, they, it was, it was fun. It was good. It was just like right. where I was at. And it was kind of like a hardcore you know, Baptist kind of a camp gotcha. kind of a thing. So what what led you, what do you think was the reason for your rebellious attitude at that age? Is that's, it just that normal, like? I think, honestly, I think part of it, the I think I think part of it is being adopted. I think that mm. there is a, there's a connection there as far as just like, I don't know, I can't even mm. say exactly what the dots are, but I think that that was, that I was just kind of like, always kind of trying to push the envelope, just kind of, but the way that I was, like if I had someone that I respected, mm. I would run through a wall for them. Like my wrestling coach, like he was, he's amazing. Frank Manning, he's actually a legendary wrestling coach, went on to become, it was a football coach for Dumont, they won a state championship. I, like I, I worshiped him. Mm. But if I had, if I had a, an authority figure that I didn't respect, then I would. Gotcha. Then I would cause mm. some issues, mm -hmm. you know? No, and I'm not saying it wasn't good. I mean, it, right. was, it wasn't a good way to be, but that's kind of how, that's kind of how I was. What, what made you respect them? Ooh, uh, great question. That's a good question. Good question. Um, if you know, I think I don't know. I think I felt if like if they, if they like if they had if they were consistent, you know, if I felt like they were they were doing they were like they were like what they would tell me to do like it made sense to me mm -hmm. that they were helping me like achieve a goal that I had, or they felt I think if they felt like relevant to my life, like mm. they could actually not just impose their view of something on me, mm -hmm, but provide but, value. Like, like Coach Manning, man, he can make me a better wrestler. I want to gotcha. be a better wrestler. Gotcha. You know that I think it would. I think it was. It was part mm. of that. If I, I think if I, if I, if I, maybe in a way, if I felt they were worthy of respect, I would. I'd give mm. them respect. Mm. But if I didn't, <laughs> then I would. Yeah, lots of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I would say that. Yeah, that that's probably that's you know probably. I mean, I've learned as I've grown mm. that that you can't be that way, right? you know, but there are, you know, there's, there's people that I respect that I would take a bullet for, mm. you know, uh, like just because, just be, be kind of because of that, you know, that mm. where I'm just like, you know, I have like, if, if I'm, if I'm on your team and I believe in what we're doing yeah, and I, and you know, not that you're perfect, but I'm a good person to have on your team because mm. I'm, I'm loyal, gotcha. I'll do what it takes, you know? So I think that's, I think God has kind of gotten a hold of that mm. and molded it. Mm -hmm. But there's still, you know, there's, there's, you know, we are who we are. Yeah. But part of that is just kind of character. And then, you know, we got the raw, like, right. not helpful part of it. <laughs> and then Jesus gets into yeah. your life and little by little yeah. starts chipping it all away. But mm -hmm. so at that, at that time, like when this, this, when I really kind of went all in and I'm having these encounters with God, really feeling like I'm getting to know God. You know, the first book I ever, first Christian book I ever read as a Christian was a book called A.W. Tozer called The Pursuit of God. Mm. And it's a classic. 
And it's about like, don't do religion, know God personally. Like you can like pursue God, like know God. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started getting exposed to more stuff about the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's when I began to be like, okay, being a Christian isn't just like, I, you know, I believe these things and I live a moral life and that's it. It's like, yeah, there's things we believe and, and there's a way that we live in our mm -hmm. character, but it's ultimately about like, I wanna know God, you mm -hmm. know, in a real way. And so that got put into me early on. And then like my junior year, I just, I flipped, man. I 180'd, I felt bad. There was this really nice girl I was dating and you know, I broke up with her now because you know I'm a Christian now, and I'm gonna you know. Uh, and people are like, I don't know what she did to Phil, but she made him a priest. I uh, mean, something <laughs> happened to this guy. And it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, her fault. That's funny. And uh, you were just like, like, sorry, bye. Like that was I was, yeah, I was yeah. like higher calling. You know, that's I'm like, crazy. I'm with really Jesus now. interesting. And I started. I would carry. You know, we didn't have, we didn't have phones. You know, yeah. so I would carry my Bible with me. I would pray every day for God yeah. to give me. Uh, an opportunity to share my faith with yeah. someone. And every day I so, have an So that was in high school. school. Yeah, was, was this, this, high is school. A, this is the fascinating part because this is where it's so different than where we live now, like what we're doing now. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you was, what were your distractions during this time? Because this is what we struggle with the yeah. most in our age. It's like, we want to get to that point. We want to say, you know, I want to go all in with God. I yeah. want to give him my all. I want to be praying every day. I want to be reading my Bible every day. Obedient. But something always comes in the way. And then, you know, that leads to emotions, that leads to this. And then all of a sudden we're not doing that. But for you, it was like, you're, you just did it. You're just on it. And like you said, yeah. you didn't have phones. So right. what well, do you, you know, media. I guess, what do you recommend for somebody in, in our generation that has so much distraction. There, right. There's endless possibilities for I you mean, to do was, instead you know, of read were, the Bible. Yeah, there were still distractions. I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was the Atari 2600. So okay. the graphics of the video games weren't <laughs> as good. Yeah. But it was like, we got video games we can play on our TV. That's new. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, there was there was a lot of the same distractions, you know. I mean, party culture mm. was huge in the 80s i mean right. that was that's what you did on friday and saturday night yeah. you know uh um yeah i you know i mean it wasn't the same the relationships were different because it wasn't like a hookup culture it's like but you dated somebody mm -hmm. you know there wasn't the kind of like we're just talking or i don't know you know we, yeah. we need to have a uh what is it called a a, a dtr conversation to mm -hmm. you didn't have to like you yeah, like no. you want to go out with me and then you were going out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Exclusively. That was it. Nice. But there nice. was still how was, nice would that be? Right now? I don't know. I think it was you knew where you stood. Yeah. Um, but uh there were still distractions that were there. Hmm. Um and I think, I think, I think really like what it is is, you know, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hmm. Like what you love, you'll do. Like I loved wrestling. And so I didn't have to be arm twisted to try to go to, to go to the gym to get ready for the next wrestling season. Hmm. You know, I I couldn't, I had a guy who, you know, I, I should have like wrestled at like 135, you know, 141, but I had a guy who was like, a, you know, compete for the States at that. So if I wanted to be on varsity, I had to cut weight down to 129. Hmm. And I would, I mean, I would I would sweat out seven pounds in practice where, you know what I mean? I, uh, would, yeah, I would, I've heard it's crazy with wrestling. It was crazy, there were no regulations, it wasn't healthy. But, um, but I didn't, no one had to force me to do that. Hmm. You know, and I think that what happened with me and I'm, is that Jesus kind of so captured my heart that I was just like, mm. I'm in, you know, and that's not to say there weren't temptations of course, and there weren't, you know, there's the flesh and, you know, all of that stuff. But, 
but I was, you know, I was in, I was, you know, and I, I think, I think part of it is I'm a little bit of a, like I'm either in or I'm not. Mm. So it's like, I don't just like become a jogger. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna run a marathon, yeah. you know? So I think part of that is, is my temperament. Okay. But it's not to say, and I'm not saying that people who are struggling, because I had struggles, I definitely yeah. did. Um, you know, that they that they're that they don't love Jesus, that he hasn't captured their heart. But I think that the focus is is like if there are distractions and there are things that you feel are really pulling you, pulling you like too far away, mm. I think the attitude isn't to try to like white knuckle the distractions. It's to figure out how you can focus more on Jesus. Mm. But I will say this about your generation. I think you guys are too hard on yourself. Uh, I think you guys are too uh, hard on yourself. Old, I think that old. you guys sometimes are harder on yourself than God is. Mm. Yeah, that's just my yeah. my observation is that sometimes just like, dude, like God sees your heart. Like he knows, like you love him and, you know, and it's like, yeah, there's stuff you don't want to do something that's going to make you fall off a cliff, but don't put everything under the microscope. Don't like be like, oh, I just did this for God, but... Was I 100% into it or 90% into oh, it or 80% into it? Just be like, I just did a thing for God. Mm. Like, like you know, you guys like like helping out with youth group and doing things. It's like, you show up and you do it. Like, okay, so maybe you were 76% into it. Like, but you still did it. Yeah. You know? I, I guess to us sometimes it's like, if we don't, like we we you know we look at you and we look at all these figures that are online that have like all right achieved all these great things. So we we're we're attending the seminary class now, and so you mentioned uh, this guy that was like stood on a gravestone. Oh, John Wesley. Yes, John yeah. Wesley. And he's preaching to twenty thousand yeah. people, and immediately me and Lewis look at each other like, "Yo, we want to do that. We yeah. want to do that." And so it's like if we're not hard on ourselves, then we feel like we won't get there. Okay. All right. Let me reframe that. Okay. Right. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the little things, then you'll be faithful in the big things. You mm. got to be faithful with where you are first. So I think that what promotes us or what enable like a, get, where God gives us like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you more authority. I'm going to trust you with more mm. is, is when we just keep showing up being faithful. And it's like, mm -hmm. as far as whether, you know, whether whether somebody's gonna preach to 60 people or 6,000 people, mm -hmm. that's God's business. Like, I think that God, mm -hmm. you know, God gives us, God gives us what we can handle at the time, you know? And, and one of the things I would say is, you know, you've been a part of the church, you've seen it mm -hmm. grow from, you know, it started with six people in my living room, mm -hmm. and now it's about a thousand people on a Sunday that are there. And, and, but you know what? 10 years ago, I couldn't have, hand I wasn't ready for that. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. there were, you know, there were things, you know, like even like, you know, the, not to get into it, but the obstacle that we had to kind of get into the building yeah. that really kind of for years, like stuck our, you know, stopped our yeah. growth, stopped our ability to go forward. I look back, you know, at the time I was just like the devil, you know, yeah. this is, you know, attack. And, but I look back at that now and I say, there were things that I, that God had to teach me going through that to prepare me for where I am now that mm. I couldn't have learned any other way. And it wasn't about, was I 100% committed? Was mm. I holy enough? Was I, it was like the slow, steady work of God. Like I look at you, I look at you two, you know, and I see, and you know, I've, I've known you since you were in high school. I've known you since you were 
like in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And and I just I just see like the ways that you guys, you know, are 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 moving forward in your life and the heart that you have for ministry and the questions that you're asking and things that you're doing that I'm just like, man, God's God's got them. Mm. And God's going to get them exactly where they where they need to be, mm. and and don't 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 put this pressure on yourself to run ahead of where God wants you to be. You mm. know what I mean? And 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 if there a lot of the times, you know, like there the the reality is, you know, it's like the things the things that I've learned in life that have stayed with me and have really formed me are things I learned through frustration, are things mm. I learned through pain. Mm. Those are the those are the the ways where God you know when you know like C.S. Lewis the famous Christian author he would say God whispers to us in our pleasures but he shouts at us in our pain mm. and so there's just you just gotta go through stuff you mm. know and it's more about like God'll you know he will finish the work that he started in you it's you know it's I remember there was there was someone who when we were in the midst of the the building stuff and. That was, you know, we were to bring a federal lawsuit against the town to get a building. It was unjust. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, but it was, it was like, it was rough, man. It was like, it was went on for years. And there were times when it seemed like, you know, we're not going to make it. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the town, we have a great relationship with the town now, but, but the people, there was a handful of people who were behind this and they were like, we'll just stretch this out forever. The church will run out of money. Yeah. And that was a good plan. That should have worked. And it would have been like, we lose the building, right? We lose, you know, we don't have money to pay the lawyer for the lawsuit. We just basically mm. have nothing, you know. And I remember there was this one time where I was really carrying that. It was bad. Like we were close to like being at that point. Yeah. And I was at a conference, and this friend of mine from the vineyard who knew something was going on, but didn't know, like, you know, this has been going on for years. Yeah. Didn't know it. Like this was like the worst that it got. Like this this moment was like it was the worst. And he came up to me and he said, he said, Phil, I just feel like God gave me a word for you. And that word is like, you know, you're carrying too much. This isn't your problem. This is God's problem. Mm. And, and it was like, and I was like, ah. Oh. And it, in that moment, like something lifted. And so then like when I would face a challenge or, you know, we'd face one of those things, I'd be like, wow, this is bad. I don't know what we're going to do about this. Glad it's not my problem. <laughs> this is your problem, God. Yeah. You need to deal with that. And so I'd almost say, like, when it comes to for you guys and wanting to get where, you know, God's put a calling on you, right? There's something he's he, and I think a calling is a lot of times what God'll do is he'll give you a like you get a picture of where you want to be. Mm. And and you just get that picture. And it's like, I'm called to that. You know, that's that's where that's where God wants to lead me. We don't know his timetable. We don't know, but God kind of puts that thing in you. And then it starts, you know, your choices and what you do, it starts like lining up more and more. Like, I think this mm. is this is where God wants to get me. And and uh you just you just gotta know that it's then then God then is doing all the work in us, yeah, to get us where we need to be, to prepare us. And and I think our job in that moment is to just be faithful to what he's given in front of us, to try to get to know him as as well as we can, to try to become as much like Jesus as we can when we screw up to say, you know, to confess our sins because mm. he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But to be able to say, God, my growth, my development, my standing on a tombstone, preaching 20,000 people or whatever it is, that's that's not my problem, that's your problem. Mm. And I'm gonna trust you to get me there and, and not, you know, and not treat it like it's up to me. Because mm. that's the thing is God, God is like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not gonna preach here, but 
But when when Abraham, remember the whole thing in, Gen in Genesis, I forget, he's chapter 12, I think it is, where Abraham does makes the covenant with God, right? So this is stay with me. This is relevant. So, so that was that was a particular covenant mm -hmm. that was like when God, like you know, Abraham's like putting it, you know, he's he's there and there yeah. are these pots and they got to walk through it and do it. That was a covenant that Abraham's like, oh, I know this covenant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a popular covenant. I know how this works. And the way that it works is there's like animals cut up and stuff like that, and you take your you know, your uh, fire or whatever it is, and you walk through it, and then they walk through it. And then, you know, then you say basically, okay, if I don't keep my end of the bargain, I'm gonna end up like these animals, right? Who are cut up and dead. Mm -hmm. That was the covenant. It was a Sesuin covenant, something like that. I forget, I can't remember exactly. Well, God did, he set this all up and Abraham's like, oh, I get that. And then God put him to sleep. And then God was the one who, God walked through the animal parts. Because God was saying, I'm gonna have a covenant with you, but it's gonna work different than you think. I'm the, it's, this is, I'm, I'm making the covenant with you and I'm gonna be responsible for the outcome. This isn't like a 50-50 quid pro quo thing. I'm actually, you're so invo uninvolved in this right now, I'm putting <laughs> you to sleep. And then God Yo, was the one who walked through. Uh... And I think, you know, and I think that like the more we understand that, and I would say, you know, I'm 57 years old now. I've been, I, pa I planted the church back in 97. I was in pastoral ministry for like three or four years before that. I just really appreciate like the slow and steady work of God. Mm. Like he's gonna, he's, you know, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be harder than you thought. But at the, but as you go through different stages, you're mm. gonna look back and you're gonna say, he was more faithful than I ever could have imagined. And even those times when I felt like, God, where are you? God, do you even see me? God, are you aware? Those were the times he was working the most. And you don't mm. know that when you're going through it, but you look back and you're like, oh man, I see what he was doing there. Mm. So where, where should our focus be? Jesus. <laughs> but then- We can but then, that out, but- Right, we, but then there's mean? obviously the part where you have to put in the work. Yeah, yeah. So where, you know, where's that balance? Because right. there's times where I get caught in this loop of like, I'm not doing enough and I'm not yeah. doing enough. And yes, I have my relationship with God, but in the sense of, you know, the the podcast or whatever, like I have to edit more, I have to prepare more yeah. episodes, I gotta get more guests, like I have to do more, I have to do right. more. So where's like the balance or like, you know, I can say, all right, I yeah. focus on Jesus, you know, no, obviously I, no, that doesn't that's, look no, that's, like no, that's praying great. all like day. sit in the corner. Exactly. Right. I think I think it's like you, you know, like I, I want, like I like what I'm like preaching. I you know I, I work. I spend a lot of time. I have a method. I work hard on it. There are things that I do. I want it to be as good as it can be. But I understand though that like how depend like I'm dependent upon God anointing it. Mm. You know I'm dependent upon so so it doesn't mean that I'm just going to get up there and wing it. Like mm. I want it to be as good. But I understand the ultimate success of it depends on God. You know. Okay. So I kind of so I so I'm I'm doing. It's kind of like what Paul says. Like I, I strive more than anyone, but not me, the grace of God within me. Hmm. So it's like this balance of like, you know, Excellent. we're, we're going to, we're going to, we want to <laughs> do this as well as we can, mm -hmm. but not with the pressure of thinking it all depends on us. Hmm. And then what that does is it frees you mm -hmm. because you're not doing it for like, you're not doing it for identity. You're not doing it to say, if I have a big church or if I have a big podcast or if uh, what, then I'm, then I'm somebody. Right. No, no, you, you're somebody because of who you are in Jesus. Right. 
you're not doing it to, you know, prove that you have value. You're not doing it to, you know, because your diapers were too tight when you were two years old. You know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? The, your 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 motivation for doing it is, to, is that you want to be faithful to God. Mm. You want to glorify God. And so then that means, you know, your identity is kind of set, you know, and that's a process. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you don't, you know, you don't read a book all of a sudden or hear a sermon or have one great encounter with the Holy Spirit and be like, oh, my, yeah. you know, God, God will yeah. over time show you who you really are. And the more mm. you know your identity, the more it frees you up to work hard without having the mm. pressure of thinking it all depends on you. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And then, listen, here's one of my favorite verses in Revelation. So we're going to get this ongoing process where God shows us who we really are, you know, tied yeah. to purpose and tied to everything else. And it's a process. The culmination, you know, it says in Reve you know, Revelation, remember when Jesus has the messages to the church, yeah. churches, and he says to those who overcome, there's always a different thing. I forget which church he says it to, but he says to one of the churches, to those who overcome, you will be given a stone uh, with your name on it, known only by God. Hmm. And so what I think that means is that like, like for all of us, God is progressively through our life showing us who we really are, showing us our, our identity in him. And we go through life and we, we learn it at various levels, deepening things as we go. And it culminates when we see Jesus face to face, he gives you a stone with this. Let me give you the full picture now. This is who you, this is who I made you to be. Now you're fully redeemed, fully transformed. And then the, the part that I love about it is that it then says that a name known only to God, to you and God. Mm. So it's like you have this, like who you really are, like who he really made you to be. Like that's how intimate the relationship is mm -hmm. he wants to have with you. That that your true identity, like fully formed, your 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 name is a secret that you have with God for all mm. of eternity. And so, and I think, so I think a lot of life is us just trying to figure out who we are, mm. who God has made us to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the painful things that we have is when we come like up against like false identities. Mm. You know, like I was preaching a couple of weeks ago, you know, you're not who the devil says you are. You're not who other people say you are. You're not who you say you are. Sometimes you're who God says you are. Mm. And I think that's a that's like a macro thing of like what God is trying to do in our life. Mm. And that's like the important work because then I think God's like, you know, I I can anoint you, I can give you audiences, I can put you in places and situations, but I, I wanna do that work in your heart, mm. you know? And I think that's where it's like, you remember Abraham's treaty, like, like we, we put ourselves in place, you know, we can definitely, mm. we can definitely do things where we take ourselves out of an environment where God can do that. Okay. Or we put up walls of, you know, unforgiveness and unrepentant sin or whatever it is. But like I like I know you guys. You guys are like trying to get close to Jesus. You mm. guys are, you know, I mean, you know, you're not perfectly, but that's your heart. And so just keep doing what you're doing mm. and just trust, trust that God is gonna finish what he started. Mm. No, that does give peace. I think it's just because, especially like our age, people our age, like they're always thinking about the future. Like, okay, mm -hmm. what am I going to do for yeah. a career? Right. What am I going to do for money, for provision, right. for family? And maybe going to love what I'm doing. Like, what if I yeah. start hating it and I'm not right. happy? So, like that pressure, like it gets on you. We're like, okay, I'll, I need to know what I'm going to be doing in five yeah. years so I can yeah. pursue that, and then I'll right. be happy or whatever. So yeah. that pressure is like there, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that, but then you, you know, as far as like all the, like, like for you guys, like what you want in your future mm -hmm. is that you guys want to, you know, be serving Jesus, be making a difference. Super close to God. Right. You want to be close to God. You want to have, or just, you want to have a real relationship with God. Right. And, you know, you want to have good relationships. You want to have, like, God will get you there, you know? And, and, you know, I, okay, so, so I, I remember when, when I was like officially released to be a vineyard church planter. Hmm. And it was at a, it was at a conference. It was at a regional conference that was down in Virginia. And there were about 10 of us, I think, that were planting churches on the East Coast. And so I, you know, I, I was being coached by Mike Trigiano. He was the one who was landed the sending pastor for me. And, um, and this was, this was back in like 1996, I think it was. And, um, so I was, so I was 30 years old and, uh, um, they had like all the, like the OG pastors who came out from Jesus revolution stuff on the West coast, <laughs> okay. like people who, people yeah. who were baptized in that, you know, in those services, you know, who knew Lonnie Frisbee and, you know, mm -hmm. as far as Jesus revolution stuff and, uh, the ones who were kind of the pioneers on the East coast. And so they had, you know, like, like 10 of those OGs kind of come up front. And so then the, the new batch kind of came up and they laid hands on us and they commissioned us. And I got nailed by the Holy spirit, just like out, you know, like knocked on my butt, I'm laying on the ground and I had this vision mm. and God showed me like my life, you know, showed me my life and, uh, showed me, you know, things of like when I was I just all kind of all the way through different experiences that I had. And part of my story, which, you know, I don't know if we'll get into it or not, but I ended up, you know, after having this intense change. Wait, but what did you see that you I'm said you saw you, your life? Oh, okay, you. okay. But I had this intense, I had this intense, um, you know, change in my life when I was 17 years old, you know, when I just turned 17. And that lasted till I was like 20. Mm. And then I totally walked away from God, like 180, like I'm out. And so like my early twenties mm. was, I was, I was, I was trying to make it as an actor. And so I was acting in New York city. I was, you know, I had an agent. I was like, that's, I took all the passion I had for God and put it into, you know, put it into that. Mm. I was, went back to partying. I was, I might like my plan, my plan was, and I, this all goes back to this, but my plan was I was a, I was a high school, I was an English major. And so I got certified to teach. And so my plan was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make it as an actor till I'm 30. And then if I don't make it, I'm gonna be a high school English teacher. And I'm gonna coach wrestling. You know, that, that was my plan. At the, you know, I was working like my day job when I was trying to make it as an actor as I was working in the psychiatric field. I was working with like, I'd work with uh, at, a, at a group home for teenagers. Cause it's funny, even in that time, I wanted to do something meaningful. I didn't want to mm -hmm. just like be a bartender or something. So I was working with, with, teenagers uh in a, in a clinical group home i was working with adult schizophrenics anyway so all these but this was like like while i was running from god and i was pursuing acting and in that moment god showed me like my life you know the way it was formed it's just like a picture i don't know if you've ever had that where it's like you know it's just these random things come to mind mm -hmm. and you realize like okay this is like my life and so even the things that i was doing in my 20s when i was running as hard as i could from god from from learning how to be a teacher mm. to being an actor <laughs> uh, to okay. working you know understanding yeah. issues and problems that people have with mental health 
as well as a lot of things that God put into me when I was walking with Jesus. And I spent a year with this organization called Youth with a Mission, which was very formative for me, you know, when I was 19. God was like, everything that I've, everything in your life has prepared you for this. And what blew me away is that there, the things that I did when pleasing God was the last thing on my mind. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing about, but it just, it just, you know, God, but God was just saying like, I got you, mm. you know? And even, even when wow. you were wandering, I was putting things in you that's gonna help you now. So mm. that's where I come from and just being like realizing like, you know, I'm, I'm like Abraham, you know, yeah. in a way, like my job is to just kind of like, let God, let God. Yeah. And then I would say sometimes when you put everything under the microscope and you get into that place, it's almost like you're like Abraham waking up and trying to be like, no, no, I got to do my, I got to do my thing. I got to, I got to yeah. walk through it. You know, and God's like, wow. you know, wow. go back to sleep. <laughs> like I got this, but not to the, that's the thing is like we, you know, like what Paul is trying to capture, like I work harder than anybody, but not me. It's the grace of God within me. Hmm. And that's where I think it comes to like, you know, knowing your identity, knowing, trusting that God's going to get. So to your question, you know, like the pressure of like, I got to make decisions now. I was like, yeah, make the best decisions that you can. Mm. You know, like like we were just doing Alpha last night. Nikki Gumbel was talking about how does God guide us? And it's like, through, you know, the word of God, right? That'll The word of God will speak to us. God will put godly people in your life to give you counsel. Mm. You know, God will supernaturally, you know, speak. There's all these different ways. And so it's like, yeah, we we make the best decisions that we can make. But just realize like when when you guys are 30 or when you guys are 57 um, and you're looking back, God is wherever you are. God will be the one who he, he got you there. Hmm. You know, he got you there. Yeah. And it just changes the pressure. It changes. It does. The, it, does. it makes it so that you don't you know, it's it's not as much about. Yes, you, God wants to partner with you and what we do matters. But mm -hmm. but. He's the, you know, it's like there's a there's a saying for like AA people, you know, you know, God's the one who's going to move the mountain. We bring the shovel, but God's the one who moves the mountain, right? You can't, if you just have a little shovel, you're not going to move a mountain. So you got to mm. do your part, but understand that the heavy mm. lifting is God's job. Wow. And the more you understand that, the more free you can be, you know, to yeah. just, to just be like, all right, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the, I'm going to love Jesus, do the best yeah. I can right now. Yeah. And and the thing is like we the pressure that we put on ourselves as followers of Jesus is not even like the business side of things or like the career and the right. the future it's it's even like I'm not reading enough of the word of God. I'm not praying enough. I'm not fasting enough. I'm not doing could've. Huh. And so it's like you yeah. know, how do we how do we go from that to like doing it just out of love? It's out almost of like, like we worship the perfect Christian life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a myth, right? Like, who is that? What is that? Yeah, Jesus. So then, how you do know? we get out of that? How do we? Because the desire is like, you yeah, know, we want to be closer to God, but then I think we yeah. start just like worshiping the painting of like, oh, I'm doing this every day. Right. Yes, it's awesome. It's like, no, right. I just want to want to be close to God. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, it's like people can do like people can kind of like worship the Bible, you know, like uh -huh. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, he used to have to say like a lot of people treat the Bible, you know, it's like imagine if you went into a restaurant and you know, they gave you the menu and you put the menu on your plate and put salt and butter on mm -hmm. it and tried to eat the menu. You know, no, the menu, <laughs> the menu tells you like the food yeah. that's available, right? So it's like, we read the Bible, you know, like 
not not just because, oh, we got to spend this much time reading the Bible. We read the Bible because that's how we get closer to Jesus, because mm. that's how we find out more about him. It's not like, yeah. oh, I got to put I got to put my time in, you know, I got to I got to do my push ups. You know, there is an element where sometimes you just got to do it yeah. and just kind of mm -hmm. do it and just develop those habits and those disciplines. And there's sometimes yeah. when yeah, you, you, you read like the it. Bible and the words are jumping off the page and God's speaking to you. And other times you're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know mm -hmm. what to do. Like you read a part of the video <laughs> and you're like, there's, there's like eight yeah. chapters on mold and what to do with mold. And you're like, Dude. if I got mold, I call the mold guy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know? Just like so, but that, but that, but yeah. So, so I think. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, yes, pray. Yes. Mm. Read the Bible. But it's like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the, you know, you search the scriptures, you don't realize that they point to me and yet mm. you refuse to come to me to have life, mm. you know? So I think there's just a, it's just, it's like the perspective, like why, yeah. you know, why are you doing what you're doing to try to get God to notice you, to get brownie points, mm. to, to, you know, Would or are you, you doing it just because, man, I love oh, God yeah. and, and yeah. I'm going to read his word today and, mm. And you know, yesterday I read ten chapters. Today I read one chapter. You know, but I'm I'm trying to get closer to you know. Mm. I'm I just want to get closer to God. So if you weren't pastoring in this moment, would you still be reading the same amount and praying the same amount? Or or are uh, yeah. there times where you're like, because I'm a pastor, yeah. I need to do more of it? No, I mean I you know I have I have rhythms in my life now. You know, and I would hope that if I was the high school English teacher, yeah. you know, that that my relationship with God would be the most important part of my life, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so when you're in ministry, you know, like I have, I have time when I'm like studying the scriptures to prepare a sermon, mm -hmm. but then I have my, you know, then when I get up early in the morning and I'm having a cup of coffee, I'm reading the Bible for me, you know, I'm reading it devotionally. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm reading it for God to speak to me. I'm reading it for, you know, for my, for my, personal, you know, my personal growth and development, mm. you know? And then when I spend time with prayer and prayer, I'm praying for the church yeah. and I'm praying for things that the church facing, but I'm also, you know, just wanting to spend time with God for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. That's a, that's a, I, you know, I, I hope I would, you know, I think, I think if you have someone who's in ministry and the only time that they're studying the Bible is to prepare a message, that's a problem, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? But, it, and it's easy to get into that loop. You it's can. easy because it's kind of like, Oh, I'm I'm doing this for God. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I have this platform for God, and so I'm I'm about to preach or do this uh, the episode. So I, me researching is reading the Word of God, and so it's like really easy right. to just substitute that. Yeah. But then, but then when you go into the episode, like without the Holy Spirit, because yeah. you know you didn't have that personal relationship, <clears throat> it was more about study. No, definitely. It hits. Yeah. It hits harder. But yeah, yeah. no, for yeah. sure. It's like you 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 either do that and. You just start being like, oh, why? Why am I even? Like, you start, you start forgetting why you even started. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the reason why I started this was because I love Jesus. But mm -hmm. I think I'm just thinking more about the ministry more than I'm thinking about Him. And so that's yeah. the problem. And yeah. So I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that. And it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you know like the old saying, "Seek the giver, not the gifts." Mm -hmm. You know, and and uh, um, you know, uh, I would rather as Psalm, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than you know. I forget, I forget, I forget how it ends, but but just the idea is just like I just want to be close to God, mm -hmm. and then whatever like ministry, like life giving ministry flows out of a life giving relationship with Jesus. Yep, hundred percent. That's 100%. that's what it is. I, so, I've I've said it to him countless times where it's like you can tell when a pastor gets on stage, you can tell that they have like a strong prayer time with God and a strong relationship. And when a pastor's kind of off their game, mm. like yeah. I've I've sat in sermons and I'm like this, this one this pastor you know I can tell they haven't been deep in relationship with God, 
in that moment because it's like, you know, it just doesn't feel Holy yeah. Spirit led or I don't know. Yeah. I could just tell. I could just tell when a pastor's Hopefully not too on their many game. times at the vineyard. But. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's not, talking about you. I'm talking right. about you sometimes. Right. No. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, give us give us a bit of an insight into your prayer time with God and what your relationship yeah. with God looks like. Like how early do you get up? How, well, much, how much Bible reading are you doing? I get up, I get up early because I'm old. <laughs> I used to, like when I was your age, I could sleep till noon. Okay. You know? uh, but not anymore. So I, yeah, so I, I usually get up between like five and five 30 without an alarm. Okay. Not, not because I want to, but just because I do in a way though, it's all right. I used to stay up late and I, you know, I feel like if I'm, you know, five to seven is AM is, is much more like it's, it's more useful time than yeah. nine to 11 or 10 to 10 to midnight. Is. Yeah. You know, for 10 sure. to midnight, I'm probably just watching TV. Uh-huh. But, uh, so my, mm. so my, my MO is that I get up. And then I I go usually I usually get up before my wife does, and I go into my living room, and uh, and what I'm what I'm trying to do now I'm actually going to talk about this on Sunday about breaking bad habits I'm trying to have it so so when I sit down the first thing I do is is pray mm-hmm. you know read the Bible and pray and not like see how the Knicks did last night you know uh, which has been fun lately because they're playing really well or like check out Twitter or do yeah. some of the like Wordle games or whatever. But to just really just kind of put mm. God first, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I do. Um, it's something I've done for years. You guys know the U version Bible app, yeah, yeah, right. And so I, so I just use the, I used uh, primarily the, um, the Alpha, you know, daily Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. They have a cool, you know, they have a cool, um, uh, like introduction to like the day's reading. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's a good like, you know, this I might, you know, something that speaks to me or like, oh, that's a good sermon illustration or something like that. Uh, and then it's, and then it's designed. So if I do that every day, I'll read through the whole Bible in a year. Mm. And so I've done that for years. So I've, mm. I read, but then I, but I also do, I have another one that's read through the new Testament in a year. So I, so every year I read through the new Testament twice mm. and the old Testament once, and I stagger it so that I'm like, you know, I'm in the gospels in one okay. when I'm in the epistles in, you know, in another, gotcha. you know what I mean? Like I start the, I start the year long new Testament one in June where I start the other one on January 1st. Mm. So that way I'm not reading like the same passages in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Yeah. Um, so I'll read that. And then oftentimes like there might be a verse or something that kind of stands at it. I'm a, you know, I, it doesn't take me long. It probably is like seven minutes of reading, five minutes of reading. It's not, it's not a long okay. time reading. But then usually there's something that's, you know, speaks out, you know, stands out to me. Like sometimes I try to go into it like, okay, God, I'm going to read, you know, two or three chapters from the Old Testament. I'm going to read a Psalm. I'm going to read a chapter from the New Testament. And is there, you know, be on the lookout for, is there, is there something specific that you want to say to me like for Mm. now? And then if I, you know, if I feel that there is something specific there, then that'll kind of inform my prayer time, Mm. you know? So then after I read, then I, then I just try to spend some time with God and, uh, what does that look like? That what it looks like is I have my I have my quiet time playlist okay. that's kind of like mellow, you know, kind of worship music. So I'll put that on, and um, it's kind of like what I was talking, you know, what I was talking about on Sunday about some of the different ways. Sometimes I'll kind of, you know, I I'll use like the Lord's Prayer as a way to kind of not repeat the Lord, just repeat Our Father who art in heaven, right. but just like Our Father. So I'll spend time in worship. Uh, you know, and then, you know, uh, 
then, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Like, what what do I need from God? You know, deliver mm-hmm. me from temptation, you know, from the evil one. You know, put, you know, where where am I experiencing spiritual warfare? Um, you know, I, I just, and then I also too, beyond, you know, who, where do I need to see the kingdom of God come? Like, who am I praying mm-hmm. for? But then also I like to like make sure I spend some time just really just kind of sitting in God's presence, mm-hmm. you know, like just being aware that God is here. And, and I'm, I'm kind of at this point now in my life where it's like in the, when I was, when I was younger, like really like, I want to know God, I was like chasing these mystical experiences mm-hmm. and it was like, I want to feel something I want to. And now it's just kind of like, I just kind of know God is here like I know this couch is here. Mm. And so I don't have to like psych myself out or get into some like altered state of mind mm. just to sit in God's presence, you know, mm. and just just like because he's here. And so there's, I just find that there's, you know, he just, I don't know, just different ways that he reminds yeah. me that he's there and maybe, you know, speaks to me in that still small voice or, or I just kind of sit quietly in his presence, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So that's, and so I usually, I do that every morning. Every you know, single morning? Pretty much. Sometimes I have like a 6.30 a.m. golf tea time. You know, <laughs> I got my day off. Okay. But, uh, but, but pretty much every morning. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and that, that's kind of the main time. And then, you know, and then there were, there were periods of time where sometimes I try to do that at night too. But, mm. but to be honest, lately, it's just been like, that's been, it's been like morning mm. time that I've been spending with him. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of my rhythm. Gotcha. I want to dive deep into purpose. Okay. This this is something really big in our age yeah. and uh, in our generation overall. Yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> and we know that a person without purpose, or a person that doesn't, how do I word this? I guess go after your purpose, yeah. or living purposeless what do you mean like uh how, how can be live? dangerous mm-hmm. right and so we we know you've said countless times i mean we've you quoted it here exactly there it is there yeah. it is the famous one how do we know all right so like god gave you your calling and you knew like you saw the vision like it was this incredible moment hit by the holy spirit you saw your life okay this is where god wants me to be this is where i have to yeah you know but for a lot of people they don't have that moment they don't have that like crazy moment where it's like, God told me I'm going to be this. I'm going to do yeah. this. And I know personally people in their even 40s or 50s that feel like they've never had a purpose. Like they don't know what they're doing pretty yeah. much. And then you're, you know, you're, you're kind of just living life. Yeah. What, what's happening here? Like how do we know what our purpose is? And for those that haven't had that moment of, okay, God told me this is my purpose. You yeah. know, it's funny. I was- Can I, I was, can add on that? Go ahead. The difference of purpose and calling. Okay. If there is one. Right. I, yeah, I think we probably talk about it in a way where there is. So it's funny that you're asked that because I, I, was, I was leading an alpha group last night. And, you know, in this alpha group, there's, there's, there's a number of people who, uh, you know, one of the cool things about our church, right, is that unchurched people really like it. And I okay. love that. I love that, that like- that like, you know, Joe Jersey, you know, just <laughs> yeah. comes and is, you know, so we, you know, so, so there were, there were two couples that were there where their wife was a really strong Christian and for years was going to church alone and everything. And then started coming to our church and invited their husband to come. And they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. 
you know, I like, and there's, there's one guy was saying some really nice things about how God, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's total like Jersey guy. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, just, it all started to make sense. And I started to understand what my mm -hmm. wife was saying. And, you know, I love hearing that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so there was, it's like a mixed group of people, you know, as far as some like strong Christians, some really brand new. Mm. And so I asked about, you know, what are you know, talking about purpose all the time? What do you feel like, you know, like, do you feel like you have a good sense of what your purpose is? And I remember this one woman uh, who's new to our church and, you know, through like recovery, like started calling on a higher power. And then, and now since she's been coming to our church has really found more like, oh, it's Jesus. Mm. And, you know, and, and it's kind of her journey's gotten to, you know, it's kind of come into color a little bit more, you know, where it was like black and white as far as who Jesus is. And she was, and she was, you know, she was talking about her purpose, not so much in like what she does, but how she does it. Like, she's like, I just feel like, like, I just need to, I need to serve. And so like, whatever, whenever I'm in any environment, I just think, how can I serve? How can I be helpful? Hmm. And, and, you know, and so, and I was like, yeah, that's a really good distinction that a lot of times we think purpose is like, where am I going to get my paycheck? Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. am I going to, you know, what's my vocation going to be? And maybe that's more like calling, okay. you know, in that, in, especially Does everybody in have a calling? Well, let me, but I think that if to understand like purpose, like it starts, I think with, with something like what she was saying, mm -hmm. like, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to be a servant, you know, like, you know, but she probably has the spiritual gift of serving or whatever, but that's how she frames that. It's like, I'm just going to go into situations where I'm going to serve or, you know, I'm going to go into like for like for, teaching. Yeah. For teaching or whatever that, 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 that maybe that when you come to like, where am I going to get my paycheck, you know, and, and, uh, you know, what, what am I going to do as a, as a job, as a, you know, and maybe a ministry related job, maybe that's in a way like your purpose will lead you to that, you know, like, like pretty much everyone that I've, that I've hired at this church has been hired from within. Hmm. The majority, a couple now, you know, who who kind of came from outside. But a lot of times it was like I kind of called people into pastoral ministry who weren't in pastoral ministry. Like Marianne was a school teacher when she came on, you know, to about 15, 13, 14 years ago to become a pastor. My first associate pastor is this guy, Paul Hoffman, who's he's the one who leads the orphanage down in Bolivia that we talk about mm -hmm. all the time. We support in our Christmas offering. And so Paul, I, I connected with Paul when I was first planting the church and, and he um, graduated from Case Western, moved out to New York because he, um, he got a job in city government. He was working for the, in the mayor's office, really smart, it's a smart kid, you know, but, and he'd become a Christian at college. And so he, he, I think he was living in the city at the time, but he'd take a bus out to my small group, all you know, and 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 so he'd be at every he'd be at every small group that we did. And I just noticed, like when I was trying to have a conversation, trying to steer the conversation in the small group, like he would help. You know what I mean? Like he would kind of know where I was going and he'd say something that was mm. helpful. Or we'd be doing like ministry time and praying for people. And I'd look out of the corner of my eye and be like, oh, nobody's praying for that person. I need to wrap this up and go pray for that person. And then all of a sudden, Paul would see the same thing and he'd go over and pray for that person. Mm. And so I just saw that he was living out that purpose of like, I want to help people connect with Jesus. And so that led to, you know, he was part of the church planning team. And when the church had, had grown to a point where it's like, I think we're ready to hire an associate pastor, 
Paul's who I hired because he'd been doing it. You know what I mean? Because he'd been doing it not to get a job, not to get a paycheck, not to, he'd just been doing it. Uh, John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, he used to, he's a, this saying, elders eld. Like, don't worry so much about the title of the position, just eld. Like, just, just care for people, help yeah. people get closer to Jesus. And so that led, for Paul, that led to his calling, you know, where he's now been in full-time Christian ministry you know, as a as an associate pastor at my church, our church, and then and then went down to to Bolivia and hmm. and is now leading this orphanage and engaged in other ministry. So when I was in phase one of my Christianity, I wanted to go to the mission field. Hmm. Like pastoral ministry was not on my radar. And then you know, my early twenties, not walking with Jesus, you know, dating this dating Norma, who was you know this this nice girl from a to Christian college. She shouldn't, you know, anyway, that's a whole other, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode. But God was doing his work. Yeah. She she kept me from going off the deep end. You know what I mean? It's I like Phil dating life. What? what? Yeah, part yeah. two. Part no, two. but that <laughs> but she would always want me to go to church. You yeah. know? And uh so I was I was still I was living with my folks in Dumont and she was she was living up in Nyack in an apartment. And so she'd be like, All right, we you know we found this, we found this church. And so it was actually this couple that I knew from Youth with a Mission moved there and they knew me as like spiritual on fire phil okay and so now they're hanging out they're just like you know and i was kind of trying to fake it you know what i mean uh -huh. but they're just like yeah we could you know afterwards they were like we could tell something's going on yeah so they found living word uh community church in dumont which was a plant of maranatha which was the jesus culture okay. church right and so i would go there every now and then like my wife would you know girlfriend at the time would say all right i'm leaving nyack now and i'm gonna pick you up and you know we'll, we'll go and uh, and then I would just go back to sleep, and then you know, so it was yeah. Like, but I would I would go, and I would talk to the senior pastor, because I'm this young guy who you know, and and so like I could talk to him about A. W. Tozer, I could talk to him about the Bible, I could talk to him about stuff, but I wasn't living it. Mm. So I was this enigma to him. He's like, "What's up with this trolling guy? He's like a young leader that I could work with, but he does like he comes to church like once a month. I don't know where his head's at, and." Uh, and so when I came back to Jesus, like I just, I met with Pastor Frank and I was like, Frank, let me tell you what's been going on with me. Mm. And I told him, you know, like the journey and where I was really at and kind of what was going on. And so then like very honestly, kind of shortly thereafter, you know, he was like, oh, Phil, why don't you, do, you know, it was one of those churches where you'd have Sunday morning church, a separate Sunday night service. Okay. And then like a Wednesday night uh, prayer meeting, which also was a, a whole full message. So like Frank was preparing three messages a week. That was kind of like what was normal. I don't even know how we would do that. And uh, and so it was like, you know, but it was kind of like, you know, Wednesday night was the C League, you know, Sunday oh, okay, morning okay. was like, was like, of course, you know, AAA, to, A, you know, and then Sunday morning was like prime time, right? Right. So he asked me to do a Wednesday night, you know, and that went, when he, that went well. And then, you know, so did that a couple times. And then he's like, you know, would you would you do? Uh, and I'm not thinking about pastoral ministry. I'm just trying to get back to Jesus, trying to figure out what to do. And then he was like, "Hey, would you do a Sunday night?" And so I'm like, "Oh, sure, I'll do a Sunday night." So I appreciate a Sunday night. And then and then it was like, "Hey, Phil, I'm going out of town." No way. A Sunday morning, and I'm like, "No way." <laughs> big time. All right, I'm in the big leagues now. You know, oh, and it was shoot. a church of about four hundred, three, four hundred people at the time. That's good. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so and so. That's like so, if he let you do a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, what? And so, and so, well, we did. I mean, you you did oh, the yeah, yeah. you did the the new communicator Sunday, and you yeah. rocked it. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
But then, uh, you know, then it led to at some point after there, there was a conversation about me becoming an associate pastor. Wow. You know, and I started, you know, going through the things to get credentialized through the Church of the Nazarene and taking seminary classes and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. So how old I, were you at this point? How, how old I, this, were you? I was like 26, 20, yeah, 26, 27. Hmm. 26. Probably. And what was happening with your career and all that? Anything oh, or no? It's all what had happened. Actually, that's a funny story. But but my, my point of yeah. this is that I didn't actually all of a sudden decide to become a pastor. Huh. It just seemed to be what was in front of me. Okay. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I would say as a Christian, I wanted to do full-time ministry. Yeah. But it was it was like this this just seemed to be what was in front, and it was like I knew okay this is this is the path I need to go on. The, the thing is interesting. Like when I when I came back to God, and really what it was, you know, I had, I had times, you know, like before I was dating Norma, like when I was you know twenty one, twenty two, and I'd be at a party, and you know it, it'd be it'd be you know fun, and you know maybe there was like a cute girl who was flirting with me or something like that, and and I I remember this one time. I just, I absolutely just felt like, I wish I could enjoy this. I wish I'm watching everyone else. I'm moment, watching yeah. everyone else yeah. have a good time, and I'm like, I know there's something more. <sighs> and I, and I, I remember, <laughs> I remember having this thought of like, I wish I didn't That's know crazy. that. Yeah, because I would just oh like to have a good time, gosh. you know. And so I was trying to kind of, you know, run from yeah. God and do all that. Yeah. And it was like the, the hound of heaven, um, yep. and uh, and and so. When I when I came back to Jesus, I probably was I probably was 25. Mm. Like when I and it was like and I it's a whole other story, but it was like all of a sudden I just knew like God, I need you. Mm -hmm. Like I've been running from you. This is gonna work. And it was like almost like God just was like, All right, I've been waiting for that, and just kind of wow. kicked the door down. And you know, I remember I went home, I put on some of the old Christian like worship music, yeah. and it was just like just full circle I'm, back. I'm to back. Uh-huh. And uh, and at the time I was acting and kind of like when I prayed that prayer I was driving my my I was driving on the West Side Highway coming back from an audition or something like that, and so you know I had an agent and I was auditioning for things and you know sitcoms and I would I would do like like you know like be like be like the waiter on a soap opera I was you know some some um, I was in, I was I was uh, auditioning for you know some legit movies and different things I would say I, I hadn't made it but I was in the game you okay. know would do some like off off Broadway shows things like that. And so, you know, I had an agent, I had a manager, and I was starting to get, you know, connections. But then like once I started, you know, I came back to Jesus, I didn't decide to not act, but I was kind of getting more into like the opportunities that mm -hmm. were being presented at the church and really feeling like, "Oh, this is mm -hmm. what I want to do." And so I remember there was one day when I got a call from my agent that there was an audition and normally I'd be like, drop everything, get there, it's right, great. Right. And I was just like, I don't wanna go, you know? I was just like, that's not, that my heart's not, yeah. that my heart's not in that anymore. My heart's in this. Hmm. And so just the point of, it was like, you know, so it wasn't like all of a sudden I decided I'm gonna be a pastor. It just seemed clear that that's how God was leading me mm. in that moment, in that time. So mm. there wasn't any like people praying over you, giving you words that you're gonna be a, Big. No, I had, I, I mean, I had, I had like when I was like when I was 19, when I was in youth of the mission, like when I was, you know, in kind of phase one, mm -hmm. I had a, I had, I had people like speaking, you know, just yeah. as far as ministry mm -hmm. in, you know, in some way. And I'm, you know, people saying, oh, I could see you being a pastor or what have you, you know, I mean, yeah, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, but it was kind of, I think the, I guess my point of it is, is like, if you know your purpose, 
and you and you live that out as far as being a servant, being someone who's going to preach the gospel, being someone who's going to care for people, mm. being someone who's going to, you know, feed the feed the poor and pray for the sick and do the things that we need to do, and you're doing that, that will lead you to your calling. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I remember. Okay, there was years ago. There was a woman, young woman, who was in my who was in our church. This was before you even showed up. This, <laughs> yeah. this was a while ago, and you know, I knew like she had wanted to do something for ministry or whatever. But but she and she would come and she would attend every week. She would just you know mm -hmm. be there. She was probably in her mid twenties. And she played, I think she was like, I heard she was a phenomenal drummer. She was never on the worship team. She never, you know, she never did any, like she was in the church for like three or four years, a couple years, and, and never served, never did anything. And so then she said she wanted to meet with me. And she decided, you know, she wanted to, that, that she was going to go to the mission field. And she wanted the church to support her. So she could go on the mission field. And I had to have a very hard conversation right. with her and just say, we're not going to do that because we haven't seen, like you haven't been yeah. living that out here. Like you haven't been serving. You haven't, like if she's someone who had been in whatever way, like just being, you know, an active, you know, serving, involved, using mm -hmm. her gifts, then we would have had a very different conversation. Mm -hmm. But But I was just like, I don't, I don't, you know, I think it's great if you want to do that, God bless you, but I don't think we're in a position where the church can support you to mm. do that, you know? And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was kind of like, because we haven't seen any ministry while you were here, mm. like you haven't shown that that was a fire that was burning in you. Yeah. Mm. So I, you know what I mean? So I think that, that, you know, you know, your purpose in the kind of like the, the macro level, like the mm. big picture, like follow Jesus and really live that out. Mm. And then that will help you really like refine your purpose or lead you to your calling where where you'll know like what to, you know, what what the main energy and focus of your life needs to be, like what God is calling mm. you to do. Hmm. Yeah. Does that make yeah? yeah. Did, Absolutely. Did, did you ever like compare yourself with like other people that might have went on different paths of life to like a career that maybe is like Ooh, a lawyer question, or a doctor? It's like, oh, like, oh, hey, 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 Phil, like, oh, I'm doing this yeah, at this yeah. house, I have this car. Or even acting, like, you never thought, hey, yeah. could I, like, I could have been making a lot of more Making money. millions of dollars Enjoying right the finer things yeah. in life with my family, I don't know. Like, ever, like, I, 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 I know enough people who have crazy money that I know that, like, money doesn't bring happiness. Hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, was it, was it, was it Biggie or Jay-Z who's, you know, more money, more <laughs> yeah. problems, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. That, that, uh. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I know that that's that's not the answer. God has given me you know enough to like live in New Jersey and yeah. survive and help my kids get through college any, and like all any, that kind of any stuff. Any moments in your journey, like when you like look to the side and you're like, oh, is this right? Do I want to like like any, yeah. any, any struggles like you know maybe at our age or something. Yeah, no, I had this I had this thing. So you know, so acting was a big part of my life, and uh, then I didn't do anything you know for years and years and years. But then my daughter, Maggie, so she, when she was little, she was in this community theater group. And so I went to see her, she was in like Fiddler on the Roof or something like that. And, uh, and so I'm watching that and it was like in town. And, uh, and so I'm like, huh, that's, this would be fine, boy, I haven't done this in a long time. And so, so I knew the, the director of it, uh, we knew, you know, was a teacher at my kid's school. And so I ended up being in like the next year's production. They did, they did Oliver. Mm. And so I played, I played Fagin. If you ever saw, not Fagin, I played Bill Sykes, who's the villain 
And so there's a picture of my office. I had like long hair and, <laughs> and, and I was, I was a good villain. Like I was like, I was like, I would walk my, my little girls to like to school mm. and then other little girls who were in the, in the cast, they'd run away from me because they were so scared of me. <laughs> no. I was, yeah. Cause I, I could be, I could be, I could go dark. But I, so the show ran for like two weeks. So it was like Thursday night, Friday night, like mm. two on Saturday yeah. and then get after church, get there on Sunday for two weeks. And I just remember like, I'm like the ninth thing. I'm like, man, I'm really glad that I didn't become, I, I would hate this. Like, mm. if, like it was fun, but if this was all I was doing night after night after night, no, it's not enough. Mm. So, mm. so anyway, I just, yeah. so I mean, and that's not to say that God doesn't call some people to be actors, right. you know, and to be light in that and that, but, but just yeah. for me, that was, that was kind of almost like, okay, I wasn't going to pursue what God, you know, had for me. So I'm going to pursue my own thing. But it was just, mm -hmm. it was just so interesting that I was just kind of like, man, I'm glad I didn't do that. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been, you know, I wouldn't have been happy. I would have been, you know, mm -hmm. I, 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 I really like, I, I do. I love what I do. I, you know, so I awesome. really, I really so, do. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a friend, a pastor friend. Um, I won't say his name, just gonna say something about his kid. But, you know, he's he's been pastoring longer than me. And, you know, sometimes you hear like a lot of pastors be like, oh, the burden of the ministry, mm. you know, like it's so hard and it's so like, Ugh. and um, and so his his son, who's like, you know, 30-ish now. And was, you know, isn't walking with Jesus, is is very much like, you know, I'm not into that. I'm not mm. doing that. But he was trying to figure out, like, he was doing a career path. And what he said to his father, he said, I want to find something mm. that I love doing as much as you love doing what you're doing. Hmm. And that's, and that's, and, you that's know, so cool. me and my friend were talking about it, just like, man, that's how you should, you should approach pastoring. Like, like, we get to do this. Yeah, that's so awesome. Like, I, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a a pastor who's influenced me this guy chris hodges um pastors down in birmingham so, alabama so cool yeah and and he has a sign like at his church there's a there's a sign that 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 whenever anyone goes on the stage or does anything and he does this almost like ritual of like touching it before he goes out which says it is an honor and a privilege to do what you're about to do wow and so I that's like that. yeah and so that's i like that that's yeah. I I don't I don't have any. I mean, you know, I'm at this point like I'm trying to be as healthy as I can. I'm I'm going back to the gym just because when you get my age, bad things happen to your muscles, you know. <laughs> because I I want to do this. I want to do this for as long as I can still do it effectively. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm done being the senior pastor at the North Jersey Vineyard, then I want to do like what Mike Trigiano does. You know, like coach and and wow. and you know share with people and yeah. you know i don't want to you know i i don't i don't want to retire i want to get called home you know what i mean <laughs> wow. and I, i'll slow down at some point of course but i don't want to stop and you know i've got like in my you know my golf league that i'm in with you know my i call my pagan golf league because they're all <laughs> it's good for me to it's good for <laughs> so me to funny. be with people who like yeah. don't give me the like oh pastor phil they're just like so what do you do you know what is it <laughs> and uh and and I got a lot, you know, a lot of guys who were like my age and they're retired. They're like excited that they're retiring from teaching or retiring from mm. the police force or whatever. And I'm just like, man, you know, it's just like, oh, one more year and I get to retire. I'm just like, I want to keep doing this for wow. as long as I can. Because there is whole different that, mindset. That, that, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, and the thing that really gives me life, you know, is that like we're like our church, just by God's grace is a church that like unchurched people like to come to. Mm. Like if like if yep. you invite someone to come who does is like, oh, I don't go to church, I don't do, 
you know, they, they, you know, some of them, some of them might be like, this is stupid. I hate it. And mm -hmm. I don't ever talk to those people. <laughs> I don't see them again. But for so many people, it's like the last thing they expected yeah. was to come to church and actually get something yeah. out of it and to actually feel something mm -hmm. and be like, you know, and I have so many conversations with people in the lobby who are like, you know, I was my first time and I liked it. <laughs> They're confused. I, you, know, you can see the yeah. confusion. Like, <laughs> I think I'm gonna come back, yeah. you know? That's and so, so funny. So that's what gives, that's that's what really gives me life. Mm. You know, is just seeing people who, who all of us, like they've been living for a lot of their life without hope and without God in this world. And all of a sudden they realize they're not wow. alone and that Jesus loves them and they start feeling it mm -hmm. and believing yeah. it. And, and because, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says the way of the wicked is hard. You know, and I'm not saying as far as wicked in that, but as far as the, the way of the person who's yeah. not walking with you, and it is, it's hard, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it's like, it's it's tough out there in the streets. You course, know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're, like if, like, like if you get to my age, and so, you know, like golf, you play 18 holes, right? So as far as my lifespan, I'm like putting on the 13th green. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not on the front nine. I'm, I'm like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm getting, you know, getting close to, you know, who, you know, who knows how many more years I have. And uh, I just think, man, if I didn't have Jesus, first of all, there's no way that I would have stayed married. I've been married for 32 wow. years, I would have I would have blown it up. Like I would have wow. I would not have been able to without Jesus, I would not have been able to to keep that commitment. I wouldn't have been able to to grow and and mature in ways that I needed to mature. Uh I wouldn't have been, you know, present for my kids the way that I was. I I'd be working some job, you know, maybe I'd have a job that I liked, maybe I'd you know, I, and and here I am now like, you know, 2 thirds of the way through life. Man, that'd be hard, you know? Or like mm. you go through something hard and you just like, oh man, I got, you know, 75 years if I'm lucky and, but life life sucks, life is hard right now, life is mm -hmm. difficult. Like for me to be able to be like, all right, man, this is hard, but I know that God causes all things to work together for good. Wow. So like being able, you know, like well, something that another phrase that I say a lot is hope is our superpower, but where else in the world are, do people go to, there's no mm. one else peddling hope. Like politicians do yeah. not give any hope. Like yeah. oh, Barack Obama, can, this isn't a political statement, yeah. but whether it's Barack Obama, his motto was hope and change. Really? Like a politician yeah. can give you hope? Can, you know, like you work for IBM, do they give you, no, they you do a job for them, they give you a paycheck, they don't give you hope. Hmm. Like like where else in the world can you go? You can go, you can go places in the world and you can get diversion, you can get fun, you can get goals, you can get stuff. But I don't know if there's anywhere else that you could really get hope beyond mm -hmm. like maybe tomorrow will be better. But to be like, you know what? Whatever happens, like I'm safe and secure in the kingdom of God. Mm. Like I'm good. Mm. Like I'm gonna be okay. And even if I, you know, get hit by a bus today, like that's for my for my family, for people, that's gonna be a bad day. But that's gonna be my best day. Wow. I still feel <laughs> yeah. like God has more for me. Yeah. But that's where like, you know, I get to be with Jesus. I get to see Jesus. That's awesome. You know? So anyway, awesome. I don't know. I don't know how we got on that tangent. But I think it I think it was going back to do I ever have any regrets? Yeah. Well, like just like, like in terms of comparison no. with other like, you know. No, it's like, oh, what if I gone down yeah. this route? Yeah, what if yeah. I gone down that road? I I I can honestly say that I don't. No, yeah. I really wow. I love what I do. Doesn't mean yeah. it's easy, but so 
ha- so like if have you had any moments that you've said to yourself, oh, I wish I knew this sooner, or I wish I'd done this sooner? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I know. I remember we were talking about this, and you're saying like, what are what are some things I would do differently? Like, like yeah, yeah, if you were in our position, yeah, and like in, in this, like you know, our, our age, twenty years old, like. What what do you what are some things you've learned that you've like said that same statement to yourself that yeah. if you told us it would really bless us? Like, mm, what would you say? Give mm. me a category. I know we talked like about about ministry, mm. about relationships, about well, I, I guess if I were to reword it, maybe you know what's knowing you've worked a lot with you know people of all ages, and so you've worked with people our age yeah. and our generation. You you've seen kind of what's going on in the world right mm-hmm. now, uh, what we're missing, you know, what we have. What's like something you would tell us just yeah. about life or faith or really just anything? And I guess I know you want a category, but no, no, what's something that, that you right. would tell us that would just like, would just impact Be helpful. us? Yeah, exactly. Something that 57 year old Phil would tell 21 year old Phil. Yeah. Yes. 21, 21, 21 year old Phil, Phil in, like in the time back, now. Get back to Jesus. Right. But, uh, um, 25 year old Phil. So I, yeah, I, this, I mean, there's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot, I think one thing that I've really had to learn, um, is, you know, I, I think when I was, when I was your age, you know, and a little bit older or whatever, I, I would argue with people about a lot of stuff. Like I would really feel like I had an opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to convince you that I was right. So I had opinions about politics. I had opinions about, you know, you get into theology. It's like, can you lose your salvation, free will, predestination? You know, exactly how is the Bible inspired? You know, is it uh, plenary verbal inspiration? What, you know, I had opinions about all these things. And I was going to convince you that I was right. I I would say for sure that the older I've gotten, there's there's less things that uh, that I'm sure of, but the the things that have remained that I'm sure of, I'm more sure of than I've ever been. Mm. And so, like, I am sure that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who rose from the dead, and that if you have a connection with Jesus, He's going to make your life better. Mm. I'm sure of that. So mm. I'll go to the mat for that. Mm. You know. So I think part of it is, what I would say like. Don't get so worked up about so many other, so many things like Mm. kind of, you know, major on the majors. Don't, don't major on the minors, you know, don't, don't, um, just, I think, I think another thing too would be like really, you know, it's, it's really important to learn how to, how to work with people. Like it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because people are always going to people, you know? And and you're gonna people, you know. I mean, there's saying like like when you're in a traffic jam, you gotta. It's not just oh no, you know, I'm I'm in traffic. No, actually, you are traffic. True. Like you're part of the traffic jam. Yeah. You're part of the problem. And so we just gotta realize in like relationships Same. and stuff. Like I'm in. I'm I'm traffic. Like I'm part of this. And mm. have a little more humility and don't be so quick to point the finger. And you know, I guess maybe like ask. You know, have some people in your life who you know will tell you the truth because they love you, mm. you know, mm. who will, who will um, really, like if there's like, if, if, if there's something you need to know, that something that, you know, you got a blind spot or there's something that you're not doing that you should be doing, you're doing something, like people that you trust who can like speak that into you. Mm-hmm. And like when you have those relationships, value them. Like don't be so quick to discard. Mm. Like if you have someone, you know, if you have someone who's been your friend for 
like 10 years. And they're like a really good friend. Like the friendship that you guys have. Like that's like val like don't, don't, like if you guys have beef or if you have something happens, don't throw away your relationship mm. because you don't have, you're not gonna have as many of those through life as wow. you think you're gonna have. That's true. And so don't be, you know, don't, don't be so quick, like work through stuff, you know, like mm. understand it's gonna get messy, but just have it so like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And I would say this, let me say this about relationships. So I, I've definitely seen in like in your generation, right? that people are afraid to make commitments mm -hmm. because you know you're you just you know there's always like you guys have grown up with with smartphones and so there's always another restaurant that you can go to there's always there's always another you know person that you could meet you know you're going to go to colleges a thousand different colleges you can go to there's like you're inundated with decisions mm -hmm. and so there's been psychological studies that show that like if you if you give someone they put people in like supermarkets or something, and if there were six types of crackers, then they'd be like, okay, that's cool. I'm empowered. I can make a decision. Which which cracker do I like the best? Or different types of toothpaste or whatever. But if there's a hundred different crackers, uh, the person gets overwhelmed and can't make a decision. And they choose none. They choose none. They just like they get huh. like they experience psychological stress because there's too many choices. Mm. And so I think that's that's something like what's happening is that there's so many choices that are there that it's hard for you to pick to pick a box of crackers. You know, mm. whether you're talking about your career, whether you're talking about a relationship, whatever it is. And um like when it comes to like when it when it comes to marriage, you know, I've been married 32 years. Like we think we think that, you know, marriage like we're going to get married and it's just like they're my soulmate, they're going to complete me, we're going to be no, like having that kind of committed relationship, whether mm. it's a friendship, whether it's a serious romantic relationship that could lead to marriage, it's gonna be wonderful, but it's gonna be hard. Mm. Because the reason it's gonna be hard is because you're jacked up and your wife is jacked up. Like you're both jacked up. Mm -hmm. And so when you're with people that you just kind of know casually, you can put on a face and you can pretend that you're not jacked up. Of course. But when you're like, sleeping in the same bed as someone and you're sharing a bathroom and you're living together 24 seven, you can't pretend you're something more than, than you are. And so you're like, your spouse is going to know your issues and, and she's going to know, she's going to know, you know, you're going to know her issues. And so now what you have to do in marriage is you got to figure it out. Like you can't run from it. You can't medicate it. You can't, you have to. And so what's going to happen is your spouse is going to become biggest catalyst for growth in your life because of the nature of the relationship that God's going to use your spouse. And that's because the Bible says it's one flesh. And so when I, when I see people who are saying like, oh, I'm, I'm going to push that off until I'm 40 or I'm going to push, you know, that you don't realize what you're missing out on. Yeah. You don't realize like that even though like you're not perfect, she's not perfect. If you feel that like, okay, you're at the point, it's a right stage of life or whatever it is, how to make that decision. There, there's going to be like, she's going to have a, a whole bunch of reasons to not choose you. Mm. And you're going to have reasons to not choose. There's a difference between like, you know, they're aware of your issues and like serious red flags. I'm not yeah. talking about serious red flags, but, but just to understand, like, just to embrace like commitment, like, like, don't be afraid of commitment. Mm. You know, like I, I, I've said that when I think about the things 
that have most brought value to my life, they're all connected to the deepest commitments that I've made. So I've made a commitment to Jesus. You know, that's number one. And then I made a commitment to my wife. And then I made a commitment to my children. And I made a commitment to pastoring like the North Jersey being here that this, to me, this wasn't like a step ladder to something else. Like this is, this is what I'm committed to. This is what I'm going to do. I made a commitment to being a part of the vineyard movement. And I have some of the, my best friends or other vineyard pastors, people I've done ministry with for 30 years. And so, you know, I think a, like a, a lie that your generation is told is that commitments restrict life and that you need to keep yourself free. You need to keep your options open, but commitments actually kind of bring life and that and that a life that is just like if you all of a sudden find out that like you win the lottery and you can sit on a beach and just drink margaritas for the rest of your life that's really great for like a week mm. but you get into like month two of that it's a pretty sad life yeah. like that's not that's going to get old really quick yep. and so i i think that you know get you know make make some big decisions like as, as you're just kind of, you know, whether it's about, about dating, marriage, career, calling that just don't, don't just be careful that you don't just like leave your options open too long. Mm. Cause then you might find that you're missing out on the, the growth and the good things that God has for you. Because, you know, our whole life with Jesus, it starts with making a commitment to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think cause commitments are important. And, and it just means you've got to, you've got to have grit and you're going to have to work through some hard things, but that's where the growth happens. And that's where like, when you work through hard things with whether it's your girlfriend, your spouse, your, your best friend, it makes a relationship better mm. because you work through stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just overall, thank you so much for coming okay. on. This was a blessing and a half. Like we got so much from it. I think my biggest takeaway was Stop stressing so much about all the little details and just let God take care of it. Let God and yeah. kind of just find joy in the relationship with Him instead of trying to f- nitpick everything and figure everything out. So, yeah, thank you. Well, this is fun. You guys are doing a great job. Very cool. Proud of you guys. Thank you. I think you know, you're, you're really, I mean, it would where you are in life right now and everything, as far as we were talking about, like, like the steady work of God and letting Him do it. You guys are in, you guys are in a great place. God is, God is. You know, is already using you in significant ways, and he's he's got big things for you. Awesome. So you just keep just keep doing what you're doing, and just trust God's gonna God's gonna get you where you need to be. 